Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. The Esplanade development on the north side has generated a whole lot of buzz, but what are its odds of actually someday Ferris wheeling above the Ohio River? We've got good news and bad news about a bunch of Pittsburgh animals, and PPG Industries is considering a pretty big change. Plus, we have a winner on the Pennsylvania River of the Year. It's March 1st, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with CityCast Sophia Lowe and Mary Lee Williams. Good morning, Yens. Hi. Happy Friday. Yes. Happy Friday, Sophia. I am so glad we made it through this week. It has really felt like a long one. To start off the show today, we really wanted to give you an update on something that we talked about back in January, the Pennsylvania River of the Year contest. Yes, 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 yes. And in case y'all forgot, there is an annual competition for River of the Year. And this year's competition included two localish contenders, contenders, the Allegheny River and the Yakagany River, which runs through Ohio, Ohio. Yes, and the Allegheny won. Yay! So we're victorious. And because of that, the Three Rivers Waterkeeper, which nominated the Allegheny River, will get $10,000 to pay for River of the Year activities. I love activities. <laughs> Three Rivers uh, Waterkeeper, that's an organization, right? Not like a person who stands at the river and like guards your entrance. <laughs> I wish, but organization. I miss the kayaks. Uh, You can still do them on the Allegheny, technically, just not at the point anymore. I miss them. I am so excited to go kayaking this summer. It totally slipped through the cracks last year, but I love kayaking so much. And now River of the Year is happening, so I'm sure that'll encourage me to actually get out on the water. I know that last year in May, the Three Rivers Waterkeepers had like a summer kickoff. So if they do it again, I feel like it's got to be more exciting. They so have Sophia, money now. They have money for streamers and balloons and like little air horns or something. Yeah, like it has to be more exciting. That's how I feel about the start <laughs> of summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are also getting so close. It's right here. Hopefully it's not like a false spring. It's definitely fall spring, but I, I'm fine with it. I'm Don't okay with that. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> Let me imagine. It's like two and a half more months, Yens, of like kind of not great weather with like peaks of blue skies and sun and 50 and 60 degrees. And that's okay. It like gets, it's, it, it sets your palate for what's to come. I, I shan't, I shan't hear it. I shan't hear it. <laughs> and so I'm going to move on. Uh, So, Sophia, what big news story have you been watching uh, this week? Yeah, we're sticking with a river theme, sort of. Um, So there's this development planned for the north side. Uh, It's near the casino and up along the Ohio River. So it'll be in Chateau. Which is a neighborhood everyone in Pittsburgh, I feel like, forgets. Chateau, it exists. It's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Chateau and this development got um, first started a few years ago, and then it's been back in the news this week. It has a super dramatic name, the Esplanade, and they're leaning really heavy on the fact that it's going to be on the riverfront. Uh, But I feel like most of what I've heard about it is comments about the Ferris wheel that's also in the plans. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know too much about this aside from that there is a Ferris wheel. And like I have said this before 
on FNRs that I am not a huge fan of like any amusement park ride. These move so slowly though. Sophia, I am exceptionally delicate. I <laughs> should not be put on them. So it just gives out. us another opportunity to have a beautiful river view. I am totally in favor of the Ferris I, look, wheel. I love river views. Also, one like deep cut about me, but in New Orleans, there is an Esplanade Avenue, and you guys have you guys don't know the struggle that I am having to not mess this up. Oh, we personally do, because you've been saying Esplanade Avenue all week long at every <laughs> meeting we've had. <laughs> I can't not say Avenue after Esplanade. It's like it just it just comes forth. So <laughs> we'll see if it slips out during this. Yeah, I was around for the first iteration of this, the first go round. Uh, get it? Go round. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> Developers um, dropped plans for this back in 2019, so definitely pre-pandemic. I think my favorite part about that era of or like iteration of what they were planning um, was this enormous wave pool thing that they wanted Ooh. to put in. Um, and the mock-up photos were just like so funny to me. Um, I don't know if they came from the developers or if maybe like the TV stations just had fun with them. Um, <laughs> de- depending on which version you saw, the wave pool was like this beautiful, bright blue color. Um, the chemicals. Sit, well, sitting right next to the ugly brown Ohio River. And it was just always kind of like menacing looking to see the two side by side. But then some others had like the same blue color for the Ohio, which somehow <laughs> felt some, even more absurd to have to pretend that the Ohio was blue. I, I kind of love that aspirational, like, manifesting, like, a clean, cerulean blue river. Like, it's true comedy. I, I can't. I, you know what? I love mock-ups. Give me, give me more. I just love to see what, like, someone's having fun with. Like, let's have a good time. But I, I am curious. So we're talking about what was proposed in 2019. That was what Megan was just, like walking us through but i'm curious about the details about the new proposal so sophia what's in it you know when's it coming you know what give give me some deets Right now, uh, this is going to include an apartment complex with 400 units, an amphitheater. Uh, It's going to be like mixed use. So there'll be retail, food, parking, obviously the Ferris wheel. And, you know, these plans aren't completely finalized yet. There could be more that's on the horizon in different phases of construction. And uh, one thing that was also proposed was a grocery store. Ah, the glorious grocery store. Developers always dangle a grocery store in this town as like the the primo carrot anytime they have a big idea for a place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like what you might be hearing with the housing development in Bloomfield, but also that is the site of an existing grocery store and that Mm -hmm. is my grocery store. So like (laughs) I don't want it to go away. So I'm also like very invested in that grocery store staying exactly where it is. Yeah, it's like Pittsburgh catnip sometimes. I don't know. Like, we're building this huge thing. You're going to get a grocery store. Um, I wish there were maybe incentives or something to support local grocery store efforts. And maybe that's the plan with this. But, like, whenever we see, like, a bright, shiny new thing, I feel like it often ends up being corporate at the end of the day. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, But there actually is a local grocery store effort, like, nearby to this neighborhood. So, like, that would be cool if maybe we could support that. Yeah, yeah. I know that last summer construction started on Lisa Freeman's grocery store in Manchester. Lisa owns and operates the Freeman Family Farm and Greenhouse in that neighborhood. And last summer, she told the Northside Chronicle that the catalyst to open the grocery store was the announcement of the Esplanade development. She told the Chronicle, quote, Oh, interesting. Yeah. She told the Chronicle, quote, 
I felt they were just building for tourists to come in. And she wanted to make something for her community. Um, I haven't seen any updates on the store build, but we're going to look into it because this seems like an amazing resource for the community. Yeah, definitely. And to your point about tourists coming in, that's kind of my thought, too. I don't know if the grocery store would actually be a super convenient place uh, for local folks to get to, because I imagine parking would also be an issue. But if they're going to have housing and stuff like that, like there's probably going to be a parking yeah. garage. I, that Not that that is easy at that's all. True. I hate that's them, true. But I, I can I'm betting that's probably somewhere in the back of their minds, if not actually on the page. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're definitely thinking uh, about things a lot behind the scenes. Um, and the trip reported that the developers, Pyatt Companies, did show the Manchester Citizens Corporation the plans. Uh, that group's the Community Development Org for Manchester, right next to where Esplanade would be. Yeah, Chateau and Manchester, right beside each other. Yeah. And then the director of this org was positive about the development, um, but said that they're going to advocate for affordable housing and equitable development as part of this plan. And just to be clear, I feel like we're teasing about this a lot because, I mean, it has a Ferris wheel. How could we not? Um, but I didn't realize this, Sophia, until you were talking about Pyatt. Um, I think I'd forgotten this name, um, but they have actually a really solid track record of getting stuff done in Pittsburgh for the last like 20, 25 oh. years. Um, like Market Square is what it is today because of them. Like oh, that really? was, I mean, I'm, a lot of other people had to come together and do things, but like they rehabbed it. Um, so is that huge huge office building that's really close to the point, um, the one with the big blue river view sign oh. across it right next to the T-station. Um, I, I This was before my time in the city, but I was looking at photos. It used to be this ugly state office building before, <laughs> um, and it was like a whole thing about like who was going to take it over. The state didn't want it, um, and they turned it into this gorgeous residential space um, right on the point, so or right next to the point. I don't know. There's a huge list of stuff that they have touched in the city. Um, so I don't know if that's the case. Like that kind of puts the Esplanade in a different headspace for me. Like they have done all these other things. Now they say they want to do this. It sounds silly to my brain, but also like maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah. And so like, is there any kind of timeline for all of this? I guess like it's been dragged out for years, but like we've got some. But during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah we've got yeah. some updates. Pyatt's going to need to go through the city's planning commission and then everything needs to be approved by city council. And, you know, like a lot of issues, especially housing issues, we'll be keeping an eye on things like whether the planning commission approves the project and what residents in the area are saying about it. Yeah. Or if they resurrect any other fun ideas of your. Uh, do you all remember the zip line that was planned for over the Ohio River? Um, it was going to go from the West End Overlook into the Esplanade. I don't know. That sounds impractical. <laughs> I don't remember that. I mean, it'll never happen because the railroads run underneath it and the railroads will never let that happen. Um, but I loved the planning for it. There's a lot of really funny uh, plans that Pittsburgh may or may not ever actually achieve. Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CityCast, all one word, for $5 off.
Your turn, Mary Lee. What news have you been looking at this week? Yeah, there was some news this week from a company headquartered here in Pittsburgh, PPG Industries, uh, that raised some eyebrows and could have some business implications down the line. But before I dive into this, I do need a vocabulary lesson. Uh, (laughs) Do you all know what architectural coatings are? I do only because I fell down a reporting rabbit hole about the Pittsburgh Plate Glass Company uh, some years ago. Mm. Um, But I think most of us think of paints like PPG Paints Arena where the pens play, Um, although they don't actually make glass anymore. Fun fact. They they make a lot of other stuff like coatings. I mean, architectural coatings doesn't ring a bell in my head, but I feel like it's a fancy word for something that is more straightforward probably than I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of right. So yeah, Megan, you obviously knew this. So architectural coatings are like the paints and such that are used on exterior and interior of houses and buildings, just like the stuff that people or contractors use on projects. And there are also things like stains, caulks, uh, more things like that. Yeah, I feel like feels obvious to people. Um, You know, it says PPG paints, um, but they make a lot of specialized stuff for homes, for example. Um, They have this paint that can bond like flimsy wood grain, um, but and like stuff that can withstand really intense heat. Um, But they're also make this like really chemically complex industrial grade stuff um, that they, for example, paint bridges with to prevent rust and corrosion. So something like that should have gone on the Fern Hollow Bridge. That was my first thought when we were reading that NTSB report last week. Um, but yes, uh, but like fire protection, um, they have one that lines the inside of like enormous drinking water tanks. Um, they do oil and gas lines, mining equipment, automotives. They even do space now. Mm. Um, I, f- I feel like the business world knows them more for that stuff than they ever do for paints anymore. Well, this is a good place for them to be doing space stuff. Um, (laughs) So now that I know that they do a lot more than just, you know, the paints I find in Home Depot, what's the news about PPG? Yeah, so this is why I quizzed you on architectural coatings. Earlier this week, PPG Industries announced that the company would be reviewing what they call strategic alternatives for their for that architectural coatings business in the U.S. and Canada. And the headquarters for this is located in Cranberry, north of the city in Butler County, which, as we talked about it on this show, a ton of people have been moving to lately because the taxes are lower, there's more space. So this could have big implications for local jobs potentially. Yeah, PPG says that includes about 6,600 jobs across the U.S. and Canada. What exactly does, like, this review entail? Yeah, they used a lot of very official, like, business words in the release, but essentially it hints at the option of a sale. Here's a quote from PPG chairman and CEO Tim Knavish. Uh, I pulled it from the release. Quote, we will assess whether some or all of the business could be better suited to grow faster with a partner or different owner or maybe better suited to operate as a core business within another company as a standalone entity or in a joint venture. Uh, But also they could do this review and nothing could happen. That's that's an option as well. Yeah, I was looking into this when we were talking about it behind the scenes, Mary Lee. Um, Last year, PPG said that this architectural coatings component of their business was about 10 percent of their total net sales. So I guess they're diversified enough that if they lost that, like it's not a devastating blow. Um, I also found a couple interviews from recent years, um, one with Yahoo Finance about jobs resiliency during the pandemic and another with Jim Cramer, you know, that very yelly sound effects mad money guy that is on CNBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. I know that guy. 
Anyway, one was Knavish talking, um, and the other was the CEO just before him, uh, who is still with the company now. Um, they were both talking about like all this stuff, like supply chain shortages and market changes. So it like kind of sounds like it precedes an announcement like this. Um, some of it, it they said was good for business, like all the paints that got bought by home buyers and sellers when the housing market was booming and uh, during the pandemic. Um, actually, this is Knavish on Yahoo. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, we love uh, existing home sales because a lot of times the seller will paint the home, a buyer will buy a home and not like the colors that they pick. So they'll repaint it. So we get two paints out of that. We're very happy with that. Of course, you know, the pent up demand for new home construction and apartment construction. So all of those uh, require require architectural coatings from from uh, ourselves and and others. I mean, like that makes as someone that owns a house like we have repainted rooms in this house that I do believe were painted for the selling of this home. Oh, that absolutely happened with my house. Um, but fun fact, the day that this interview aired, um, it was June 4th, 2021, was PPG Industries' all-time best day on the stock market. Oh. They were trading at the time at $182 a share. Today, it's more like $141-ish. Um, and it sounds like aerospace and automotives in particular have become a much bigger and purposeful driver of their success. But I just thought it was like kind of interesting to put this announcement in context with what they They've been saying for like the last few years. Yeah, definitely. So what's next for this and PPG? When will we find out what they're doing after the review? Well, we we wait. Uh, there really isn't like a timeline for this. And in the release, PPG said it doesn't plan to provide updates until they need to. So <laughs> I guess it's nice they said that. That's their prerogative. Yeah, I, I guess mean, they uh, can. Yeah, they don't have to. Can I end on a really frivolous note? Yes. I found one more audio treat that I think you will both very much enjoy. Oh, my God. This <laughs> music. If my personality were a PPG paint color, it would be acceleration. And that's because it models uh, my style, my leadership style, my personality, and what I try to do here at PPG, whether it's accelerating engagement, accelerating diversity, accelerating PPG fast forward, accelerating growth. It's just how I like to lead and how I like to act here at PPG. <laughs> oh, man. That's gray. A pink color called acceleration. I know. I didn't like, yeah, that's the, co the color. If you are curious, is like this bluish gray color. It's like it does not inspire speed for me. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole looking at all the PPG paint colors and telling you what color I am. So get ready for that Slack message later today. So to round out this month, we've got good news and bad news in Pittsburgh animals. Oh, God. Well, last week we talked about a bunch of animals at the zoo that died. Is it worse than that? Yes. Yes, it can get worse, Sophia. There has been, unfortunately, some uh, some more animal deaths. But, but this wasn't How at the, I miss this, this wasn't at the zoo. This wasn't at the zoo. Correct. Yeah, uh, there's so many more dead animals, Sophia. I'm very sorry to say. There was a fire, unfortunately, Monday at this place called Nate's Reptile Rescue in South Park, um, and a lot of the animals did not make it. Oh, no. Yeah, more than 70, according to TV stations, turtles, alligators, tarantulas, and spiders, lizards, and iguanas. Uh, you know, some from the fire, some from smoke inhalation. It's, uh, I'm, I'm very sad. <laughs> What kind of work do they do rehabbing 
spiders and tarantulas. Like, I actively encourage my cat, Pistachio, to catch the bugs at no. home. But I guess <laughs> other people care about bugs more. I mean, like, they're cool, I, but they're also a little creepy. Spiders like, are know. amazing. They are so useful. Uh, don't don't kill the spiders in your home. Let them Let them live and do things for you. That's how I feel. I mean, I'm also hearing reptile rescue. I don't know. Are the spiders getting eaten? That was my first I, thought. I, I don't I think, don't think so, so, no. Um, to answer your question, uh, Nate's Reptile Rescue is a rescue organization. So they largely take in um, animals that have been either abandoned or no longer wanted from uh, Pittsburghers who have decided for whatever reason they think it is possible to make these creatures pets mm-hmm. and then get overwhelmed with the upkeep, maintenance, size, whatever, and they don't want them anymore. So if people would stop doing that, you wouldn't necessarily need spaces like this to take care mm-hmm. of them. Okay, that makes more sense. I guess I was thinking about like teeny little house spiders. Um, no, these are these are big boys. Yeah, then they should get care somewhere that's far away from me. <laughs> Have they said what started the fire? Not officially, um, and many many animals did survive. Um, I think I saw it was just it was over a hundred. Um, But the conjecture has to do with kind of the nature of the space. So um, a lot of these creatures are cold-blooded. There's metal and glass enclosures, a ton of heat lamps, um, which means a lot of surge protectors. Um, But there was one animal in his care that I thought y'all would specifically like to know the fate of. Um, Here is a clip of one of my favorite reports about all of this this week. Armstrong County Humane Officer Amber Phillips rushed to South Park Monday after forming a friendship with the owner, Nate Lysacht. She told Katie KDKA over the phone that Nate helped her immensely in her first days of housing Chomper, the famously rescued gator from the Kiski River. And Chomper. he did make it out alive. He made it. The, famous, the, the, the gator? Long live Chomper. The Kiski alligator that everybody was like so up in arms about that summer. Um, yeah, Chomper's made it again. Bless him. Chomper. Um, and then this is one more from that same Katie KDKA report. Uh, I just thought it was full of fun facts. We also know Phillips, Nate, and first responders safely did get 11 gators out of there. We're told that they're now in a safe place. Phillips said that they were thrashing around, so that's a good sign that they were doing okay. Phillips said she's planning t-shirts and a fundraiser to help Nate rebuild. Oh, I like the image of a gator, like, thrashing around, and we're like, it's okay. That means they're happy. Well, that means they're <laughs> <Right>? not happy. <laughs> but I, I also like that they're going to do a fundraiser uh, to try to... To try to rehab or try to like rebuild. So obviously we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, Armstrong County is uh, includes the Kiski River. So I think um, who they were quoting there, Amber, has done a lot of work with Nate over the last few years. Um, so anyway, that's the bad news. Um, one quick update. We talked about this last week, the official reviews on the deaths of, of all those animals at the Pittsburgh Zoo um, found nothing awry. Uh, if you missed it, it was five animals. Some of them really advanced ages have died in the last seven months. But we also talked about um, the AZA accreditation and how that's been hanging over the zoo's head for a while because we don't have it right now. And technically, the zoo could get evicted from Highland Park without it. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But anyway, um, with this story, um, the CEO spoke and WPXI actually got an AZA official on the phone this week and confirmed that we have not reapplied yet. Um, So I think that's important because, you know, our still new-ish CEO of the zoo, um, Jeremy Goodman, he had told reporters when he took over that it would happen in 2023, but I guess it has not yet. So we'll keep watching for that. Yeah, definitely keep watching for that. But also, Megan, I am here to hold you to what you said you promised 
us good news, <laughs> and I need good news. Yeah, tell me happy animal things. <laughs> Both bird things. Uh, the National Aviary in the north side got a new Andean condor, Ooh. and they've had some other new arrivals to the aviary in recent months. Um, so a uh, Luzon bleeding heart dove chick. Uh, an African penguin named Perry, uh, a mate for the Stellar's sea eagle, Cody or Kodiak. Um, that's the one that infamously escaped back in 2021. <laughs> um, and that sea eagle, her name was actually a contest. Uh, the public chose Aurora. Um, if you're a newsletter person, Good a hey Pittsburgh person, um, Francesca had suggested that everyone uh, vote for a specific name. Um, so lots of new life over there at the aviary. Um, and then one more update. Uh, the Hayes bald eagle is laying eggs. So we could have some new patriotic chickies uh, tweeping above the Mon River and pretty soon here. Oh, so many Ooh. exciting, so many exciting bird things. I can go kayaking and look for birds. <laughs> um, but while we're on animals, I just learned that today is National Pig Day. And apparently there's a Pittsburgh Squealers event. Oh, my God. The Pittsburgh Squealers. I love them. They're always at uh, Veg Fest and their pigs are there. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can pet them. If I'm doing like little <laughs> pet motions with my hands. I know people can't see it. <laughs> if you're not familiar, they're a no-kill pig rescue dedicated to rescuing and rehabilitating, once again, former pets, just mm -hmm. like Nate's reptiles. Yins, please stop trying to make these poor animals love you. Not every creature on this earth needs to like you or live in your house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, get a cat like me. Um, but if you want to meet the pigs from the rescue, Maui, Kraken, or Betty, um, they might eat some of your snacks at the brewery. <laughs> um, yeah. They'll be at Voodoo Brewing uh, in New Kensington tonight from 7 to 9. Oh, gosh. I have plans, but I am very tempted to, to blow up my plans to go see the Pittsburgh Squealers. Pet some pigs. I love the Pittsburgh Squealers. So uh, best note to end on for me ever. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Reminder, of course, you can find all of our shows, old and new, on our website. That's pittsburgh.citycast.fm. Our music is by Benji. Uh, this might be the last Friday News Roundup for our interim executive producer, Mary Lee Williams. Uh, if you have been listening for a while, Mallory Falk will be returning from family leave very, very soon. Producer Sophia Lowe and I are going to soldier on. Francesca DeBecco is the senior newsletter editor, and I am your host. Megan Harris. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, everyone. Space scares me much less than the ocean. Like, they're like, would you rather go to the bottom of the ocean or space? And I'm like, space, hundy pee.